0: Amen. Now, a comeback is a return by a person to the activity in which they had formerly been successful in. You could say the heavyweight champion is set to make a comeback. But just because maybe that is the definition of formerly successful in doesn't mean that you were successful ever in this series or in this part of your life where you're going, you know what, it seems like I just keep hitting a brick wall. We're going to be talking about making a comeback and being successful in making a comeback. Now, last week, I just want to kind of get us all up on uh, the same page, and on the same page, the same pace, so to speak. The, 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 a lot of times, it, making a comeback from where we were, and we've known we've messed up in our life, and we're making a comeback, and we're going to say, it's going to be different this year. Now, this is 2017 in December, and we're being proactive in looking ahead to 2018 and saying, you know what, I want 2018 to be the best year in my life. I know some of you will go, you know what, Pastor, that's a lot to ask, 2000 to be the best? If I said, well, what is the best year that you've ever had? Chances are you'd say, "Uh, I can't really remember. So why not just confess over yourself, say, 2018 is going to be the best year until I experience 2019. Can I tell you this? It will cost you something. But it will be more than being able to pay itself off if you just put a little bit of energy and, and, and to focus on making this the best year. So in 2017, as we come to the end of the year and we're celebrating Christmas and, and joy to the world and Rudolph the red and all those songs that we sing, But at the same time, we're making a decision to make a comeback in 2018 on some of those areas that we've fallen short of, some of the areas that we talked about during the communion, that we say, you know what, I've just messed up. And it seems like I keep going around and around, and I keep... This is a new day. This is a new year that we're going to see a breakthrough and a comeback. Now, last week we talked about some of the miss in a comeback. First of all, the first myth is experience myth. The experience myth says that just because I've got experience of what I made a mistake in, I'm much more wiser. We talked about that. That's not true. You might be more tired. Experience makes you more tired, more frustrated, maybe more broke. But it's an evaluated experience that makes you wiser when you actually look at the things you've done and evaluate what went right and what went wrong. But the second myth we talked about is, well, this time I know better myth. It's a myth. Just because you know right for wrong doesn't mean that you have the power to make some personal changes in your life. That's, again, why the cycle happens over and over. And the third thing that we talked about is the time myth. And a lot of times when people are, have made a mistake, they initially think, you know what, time is my enemy. Well, We talked about time is your friend. Sometimes we think that time is ticking and and I'm so ready to make a comeback. I'm just gonna I'm gonna jump right in. We're gonna talk about that this morning. That's that's a myth. And we talked about the first step of making a comeback, and I've heard people just this week go, man, a lie, Pastor. That that hit right where I'm living right now. So if if you need a notebook, please don't don't. Hesitate to write these things down. And especially, just raise your hand. If we have, if Luke and some of you would just quickly, I, I would like, and the only reason why I say that you really need to take time to write this down is for your husband. You know, he needs it. <laughs> and your wife, your daughter, your son, that person at work. Because I know that you guys don't really need this. But I'm glad you're here today so that you can write it down. And share it. We've got notebooks. Just raise your hand real quick. Okay, I see that one. I see that one. Okay. Give them one if they want it or not, Harvey. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. So we talked about some of those myths last week, but also we talked about the first step in a comeback. And that is ownership. Write down ownership if you didn't do it last week. Because in owning the problem that you had, how many people understand if we have, give ourselves time, we'll come up with an excuse why it wasn't our fault? Huh? Can I get an amen from a truthful person this morning? All we have to do is have a little... T- Let me think about this. And the reason why it happened is because... We talked about Adam and Eve being in the garden. And we're all related to the blamers. She made me. The serpent made me. And we talked about you can blame your way into the future, but you cannot blame your way into a better future. That, that is something that's hard to get. And, and because when we take ownership, we, we say, you know what? I am acknowledging that I made a mistake. And really, it goes hand-in-hand hand with what I'm trying to communicate today in this sermon that's going to set us apart from everybody else that we work with and that are not believers. And that is, this series is centered around, next time won't be like last time. So you don't want to make a comeback if you're going to suffer the same results that you're now in the mistake. We don't. We don't want to repeat that. Today is the second part of the series. And, and the first one was taking ownership. The, the second part is, I want you to just say, rethink it. Can, can we just say that kind of as a group? Ready? Rethink it. We take ownership of it, then we begin to rethink what was the mistake. We do the evaluated uh, experience that we suffered the mistake in, and we say, you know what happened? Whatever it was that stopped your success, wh- whatever it was, whatever it was concerning, this morning, if if you're in a dating relationship and 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 you thought, you know what, I, this, I I I didn't get it to evaluate that. There's there's problems maybe in your marriage, and you're saying, you know, I said this and I shouldn't have done that, and rethink it. Maybe you were acting arrogant at work, and you kind of puffed yourself up, made some big statements. And now you're regretting it, and you're going to say, you know what, I've got to make a comeback in my relationship with those people that I did that to. Maybe you went the other way, and you didn't defend a friend that depended on you, and, and now there's been a, a problem between you and that relationship, and it, it's time for you to make a comeback and, and really acknowledge that, but to rethink what you did in order to go on. It, maybe it's in your finances. You're thinking, you know, what in the world? I saw that commercial that said, no interest for six months, but I didn't really listen to the part that said, I'll be making payments for eight years. What was... Now, Now, what is usually the sentence in the question that follows all those things that caused our success to stop? It is this. What was I... Say it again. What was I... So today we're going to rethink it to make a comeback. To start over. As 2018 just is on the horizon, and we're saying, you know what? You know, God, I, I, I want to I make a comeback. And this way, I want to make it stronger than I did before. You, you kind of picture the, the movie Rocky. And if you haven't ever watched the movie Rocky, let me just take about an hour and explain it. Not. But really, I, the, the movie is that he came back, but, but just the whole training that went involved. The the music, you know, and and he's running up the steps and he's pounding meat and all the things that he's doing, the training to make the comeback. You realize that he has hope that he's going to be successful this time. And that's what we need to think. What was I thinking? And a lot of times our choices that we've made in the past that lead us to this mistake, we go, they don't even make sense to me. And it's kind of funny, isn't it? We think, what What was I thinking when I did that, when I said that, when I made that motion, when I made that purchase, when I dated that person? What was I thinking? Now, listen, if it's important to you, you'll find a way. If it's not, you'll make an excuse not to make a comeback. Again, answering the question, what was I thinking? You're saying to yourself. And camping out there a while and saying, you know what, instead of just making that same, what was I thinking and then I'm going to go shopping again? What was I thinking? Boy, that new car does look nice. That we camp out and we, again, evaluate, what was I thinking? Again, if you Think like you have thought you will get the mistake you previously experienced. You, you don't stay there and then just go on. You stay there for a few minutes. What was I thinking? And then you go on and say, but boy, she is so cute. What was I thinking? And we jump right back into, boy, he looks like a great God with his shirt off. Look at that. Woo! Mm -hmm. what was I thinking well you only live once what was I thinking in buying all that well this time my kids are going to love this what was I thinking well I need some mommy and daddy now need a little whatever it is now, now, this morning, the Word of God is going to change our thinking. We we know that there's a transformation process that words change your thinking, and then things go into motion. If, if you've never heard this before, you realize that your thinking changes, and then your emotion, and then your choices, your habits, your character, and your destiny. So this morning, that's exactly what we're going to talk about in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul is writing to the early church, the church at Rome, the Romans, and in chapter 12, he says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Now, again, we don't think of it as sacrifice in North America and in our day. But again, he's talking to a group of people that realized a sacrifice was an animal that was sacrificed on an altar. Very bloody, uh, very much of a sacrifice, a substitution. So, listen to it again. To offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Every day, living. It, it's not something that just happens on Sunday between the hours of whatever, nine and noon. But it's a constant. Offering our bodies, it takes work on our part. There, there's an effort that is, that is given Let's go on. This is your true, proper worship. Then he just kind of expounds on that in in words that people go, whoa. Watch this. He says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, rethink it. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good and pleasing and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I see to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with with sober judgment. In accordance with faith God has distributed to each of you. Again, look at that. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. If you've ever heard of anybody sewing, it's almost a non-existent trait nowadays, but a pattern, maybe even in construction, you get something as a pattern. Let's just say from my old experience of sewing, I did take home in high school and did very well, by the way. Thank you. You will be getting a Christmas gift this year. But the pattern that was set out was something that was made before I got there. And then what I would do is I'd lay it on a piece of fabric and I remember cutting and all of a sudden, boom, you got a circle. Because of the pattern was a circle. Paul is saying there's a pattern that our world runs in and works in and he says don't don't follow the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed. Don't be a conformer, but be a... Transformer, huh? Okay, let's pray and we'll go home. <laughs> Not. All right, here we go. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You, you realize, and, and I do too, that to be the pat, to just follow the pattern of this world, there, there's no really work, there's no discipline, no absolute, there's no self-control that's needed, no intentionality. Really, it's the path of least resistance. What's going on around you, you just fit in. And and we don't really realize that just entering into the the, the world's pattern of thinking is changing us. And we go, Pastor, you know how bad it is out there. And I want to say, who have you been listening to? If you're a lady and you're at work and you go to lunch and all the pe- all these ladies are around you going, man, I tell you what, so and so did this and so and so did that, and you go, yeah, let me tell you my, so and so did this, and you're you're entering into the pattern of this world. If you went to lunch and you notice that there was a big barrel of chemical waste. And the ladies were just wiping it all over their arms. And you went in there and said, Ooh, give me some of that chemical waste that's toxic. Let me just, oh yeah. So good right there. Isn't that absurd? Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might know God's good and perfect and pleasing will. Do you you realize how many people will say, "I, I just wish so bad I knew my purpose in life. And Paul is saying that you'll be able to discern by renewing your mind God's will for your life. See, some people are saying, you know what? I I I'm waiting for to hear a voice. Now let me tell you, you know you don't want to hear no voice. It would freak you out if God spoke to you audibly, especially at night. You don't want to hear that. But the word of God, again, says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 that we have the mind of Christ. And in reading the word of God, we begin to renew our mind, begin to rethink, we begin to transform our thinking into a new way of thinking. Sometimes, as I said before, it's harder to learn something new or or to change our thinking than to even learn something new for the first time. So this morning, can we understand that if Jesus came to give us life to the full, to the abundant, to the overflow, that so many times that we don't have anything, that that, uh, an empty cup can't spill out anything. So it's important for us to take care of ourselves first. <laughs> Somebody's thinking right now, boy, that's selfish. But let me tell you, it's the same context as love your neighbor as yourself. But if you don't love yourself, you're sure not going to love me. So again, in renewing our mind, we're feeling, feeling not just feeling, touchy feel but we're filling up a whole new way of thinking so so when when we get to that place and we say we're not going to take the path least resistance or we're going to understand that the word of God's going to fill us up then I don't want to see the problem that I just experienced in my life Is, is everybody with me on that so so you get to the place where you say, I, I don't want to conform to the pattern of this world. Like, it seems like everybody else. I don't want to be up to my debt, up to debt to my eyeballs. You know what I mean? I, I can't even breathe because I've got so much debt. I don't want to get to the place older in life where my kids don't even want to come home anymore to visit. You know, because why? Because I complain about the world is just going down, down. You get to the place where you say, you know what? I don't want a boring marriage. I want a romantic marriage where honeymooners are going, wow, what's happening over there? Is that possible? Everybody's looking at me like a cow looking at a new fence. All oh, right, 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 we'll just keep going. That's so negative. I apologize for saying that, but let's, let's move on. Let's have a little bit bigger goals in our life. I don't want to have a body that looks like I can't ever put down a fork. I want to be above average. How do you keep from all of that, Paul? How can I keep from being conformed to the pattern in this world? And Paul says, let me tell you, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What's going on in the world around you is not going to give you the results that you're seeking for. Can I say this? And if you're taking notes, write this down. You're not transformed by the engagement of your will. You're transformed by the renewing of your mind. Again, the goal is not to be in the same place you are now next year. It's not just the engagement of your will. So many times we want to think that we can do that. Have we learned that that doesn't work? By our previous diet plan, (laughs) exercise plan, just the engagement of your will didn't work. Really, another word for renewing is restoring. To rethink it, has anybody ever restored a piece of furniture or a car? You know, restored an older car, and I I remember that I got a golf cart at fifteen years. I couldn't drive. There were some little girls in the neighborhood, and I got a golf cart. I begged my parents until finally one day they said, okay, we'll get you one, and they picked out one that had been wrecked. Some golfer ran it into a tree, and it had a V right in the middle of it. Horrible. Well, I had a mechanic friend, and he said, you know what? Bring it over, and I'll pop that out. We'll sand off all the paint and restore it. I said, sounds good to me. And he popped that, out. but he took a long time. It seemed like a wasted time. And then when he had grinded off all the paint, it looked worse, worse than it was before he did it. Anybody ever restore furniture and you, you sand off all the paint? You go, Ooh, that's horrible. Do, do you realize that renewing or restoring takes time? Again, time is your friend as we talked about last week in making a comeback. Uh, so many times it thinks that, you know, we, we begin to believe that time is our enemy. And, and then we look at it and we realize that if we do not grind off all the old paint and we try to paint over it, it's not going to stick. So here, here's the the spiritual value if you're not paralleling with me right here, if you're not tracking. That so many times when we want to make a comeback, we want to just put a little spray paint over the old stuff, and then we say, God, why can't I ever break this cycle? We've never taken time to renew our mind, restore our mind to what God has for us. And what seems wrong is after making a mistake and desiring a comeback, whatever it is that you've messed up in, what, what seems like a mistake is pushing the pause button. And saying, you know what, I'm just gonna take a year off. And I'm going to renew my mind. And let me just encourage you some of you have gone through an emotional trauma, and really, you're in the emergency room mentally. And now you're coming out of that and you need time to heal instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to jump back into something. During this season, you don't need to buy anything. And I know that's hard and you say, you know what, I'm just not going to buy anything right now. I'm not going to start a new relationship, dating relationship for a while, maybe a year. Pastor, a year? You're not going to decide to relocate just because maybe something happened at work. Maybe it's not time for you to kick out your children just because they didn't take out the trash or something. Maybe it's not time to try another church. See, it's so so easy to say, you know what, I I just got to make I got to do something right now. Commitment and sincerity is not enough. You have to renew your mind. This morning, I want to give you seven fatal assumptions in making a comeback that we begin to light ourselves. Somebody said, (laughs) you know how we look at clouds and we see animals and different figures in? I wonder if a cloud ever gets together and says, Look at that one down there. He's in the shape of an idiot. (laughs) And again, the, the book I was reading just recently, it said, getting the stupid off of you. And really what that was was getting into that cycle that you're doing the same thing and you're demanding or you're expecting different results, but you didn't take time to renew your mind. Let me just go through these. Some of you will write them down and be able to process them this week and think about them. Some of these will be a a speed bump to you and you'll go, oh, let me slow down and think about that. Maybe one of them out of the seven. Maybe more than one. But these are seven fatal assumptions in making a comeback that keeps us on that crazy cycle. And this is the first one. If I can find the right person, everything will be all right. It's the same thing as if I could find the right church, everything would be all right. That, that's, that's a fatal assumption. You're lying to yourself. You have to be the right person to be able to see the right person or the right group for you. Here's what's amazing is in your time of waiting, that in that place that you are allowing God to renew your mind, that you're becoming the person that the person that you want to be looking for you will find you. Because if the right person would show up right now, you wouldn't even be aware of it. You wouldn't even see them. someone becomes a lot more attractive because in our world, it's all about attractiveness and smelling good. That, that's pretty good too. But anyway, <laughs> attractiveness. And, 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 and sometimes we don't realize that a person becomes a lot more attractive when, they, when they've been renewed in their heart and in their mind. When you use a relationship as an escape, You know what I mean? The reason why I'm not happy is because that person. Or even if you make a a relationship a rescue. If if I could find the right person, then I would be rescued from this misery. (laughs) I read a quote this week that said, You are 100% responsible for your life. Nobody's going to come rescue you. All right, enough on that point. Number two. Number two is this. My situation is unique. This, this is a lie that we tell ourselves really to avoid good advice, even when that advice is coming from the Word of God for our life. Boy, that ministered to someone in this area. I'm not even looking... <laughs> Let me tell you, you're not the exception to the rule. You're, you are unique, but your situation is not unique. And really, the more that you know outside of yourself, you'll realize that you're not that unique. I mean, as far as when you come into your mistake. Have you ever thought of why a doctor can, can diagnose a problem that's going on in your body? It's because there's so many similarities that they can have a good guess of what's going on because of the symptoms. In one person just like another person. That's why I read chapter 12 verse 3 that says this, do not think yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. You know, I, I think that we get into that lie of our, that we tell ourselves is, no, 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 pastor, if you really knew what I went through, if, if you could just understand what I'm saying that I am different. I have a right to go through that. again, That's number two, my situation is unique. Let me give you this number three. It's not right, but it makes me happy, and God wants me to be happy. Hmm, let me just tell you, this one is one that you hear a lot. And let me just tell you that this is such a lie that we tell ourselves. If it's not right, things won't, you understand, turn out right. So so when you say that God wants me happy and I know it's illegal, unethical, immoral, but, but God wants me to be happy. You're making that up. Because as a pastor, I should know this, but I don't. I don't know if God wants you to be happy or not in that situation that you're in. But if it's wrong, I'm a hundred percent sure that God don't want you in that situation. Number four. This is called destination disease. It says, or person, it says, if only I had, then I would be satisfied. again, in in making a comeback that keeps us on the the stupid cycle, the crazy cycle. Do you realize that things don't satisfy? Are we there yet? Because I'm telling you, I'm preaching to you, but I've preached to myself all week these very things. If you feed an appetite, it begins to grow. The more you have, the more you want. Can I get a witness? Have you ever seen anybody with just one tattoo? (laughs) Yeah, well, so far. Is anybody driving around, if it was possible, your first car? And you're not 25 or under? Because we want something bigger. And, be- and and that's not wrong. Or it's not right. Not Let me say it again. I'm not saying that's wrong. But if you continue, continue to tell yourself that lie. If I only had this. If I only had her. If I only had him. I, I would be satisfied. I wouldn't ask for anything else. Do you, do you remember ever doing that to your parents? Matter of fact for me it was the golf cart. Dad I won't ask for another thing. Then I'm 16. I don't need a golf cart. I need a car. <laughs> Feeding the beast is not going to get you to successful comeback. Number five. This is a hard one. Get ready. I owe is better than I want. That's a, that's a fatal lie. I owe is better than I want. But that's backwards. Now, we might not come to an agreement on this right now. But I think it doesn't take long for wisdom to settle in because of so bad of mistakes in our life that one day that we evaluate our mistake and we come up with this is the way it should be, that it's backwards. It should say, I want is always better than I owe. Because there's always going to be a contrast in the world that we live in between having something and owing on it. So you go back and forth. You know, I, I really want that car and I want it so bad, it's better that I owe on it and just go ahead and make the payments. I know that I don't have enough money to do this, but if I have enough, just if I could just owe on that outfit on a credit card, that I'd be much better off. and you begin to realize that slavery is debt, or debt is slavery. It begins to limit your options. You become stagnant because you owe so much, then all of a sudden your options have come down. There's no more adventure. There's no more excitement in your life. We, we all know this. But if we're not careful, we begin to tell ourselves the lie that begins to stagnate our life without adventure, without excitement, then all of a sudden we go, life is boring. You know, I I thought about this week about our missions trip to Honduras and and how life-changing it is. And probably the number one reason why people won't go on the mission trip is why I can't afford that. And they'll sacrifice Or they they don't want to sacrifice, maybe even eating out, taking your lunch to work because they're saving money to go to Honduras because what? I don't like a sack lunch. But they forfeit the adventure that could be theirs that's going to stick with them the rest of their life. And again, the, the debt begins to pile up because they have not come to the truth that I want is always better than I owe. If the conflict is there, to realize it's better just to say, you know, one day I'd like to buy that when I could pay cash for that versus owing on it. Number six, again, the seven fatal assumptions that we tell ourselves. In making a comeback, here's number six. My secret is safe with me. Realize that secrets leak out. And when they do, they sink relationships. Whenever there's three things in a relationship, one has to go. When you bring alcoholism into your marriage, you know that one of you have to go. When, when you're dating and you bring in pornography, one of you has to go of you Three when you bring in drug prescription medicine that's going to cause a problem, that one of you got to go. And this morning, in making a comeback to realize that, again, as we begin this whole day in realizing that no matter where you're at, we serve a God of the second chance. You might have messed up horribly that you think that no way God says, I can forgive you. But to getting the renewing of your mind in place, you have to quit telling yourself lies that is duplicating the results over and over and over and over. And then number seven, sex will solve it. Mm-hmm. I could just leave it and dismiss right now and let you think of anything under the sun but I won't. In a relationship, again, sex will complicate it. Not only sex out of marriage is wrong, but you realize that the pain that goes with that, that so many times you think that if, if, if I could just get her in bed, if, if he would just have sex with me, if, if we could just, Break the tension. We would we would be better off. Again, you can't will yourself in a different future. Every time you begin to tell yourself lies of these seven fatal assumptions, you begin to say, you know what, it's okay to stay right here where I'm at in my life. And even though you have a desire for a comeback to do things right this second, third, fourth, whatever time it is, until you begin to renew your mind to make 2018 better by rethinking it, allowing the Word of God to restore your thinking. You're not going to be in a better place in 2018 than you are right now. But here's why I have hope for myself and for everybody here. That even though that we've all messed up in our lives at one time or another, And we all have a desire to make a comeback. If it's in a relationship, if it's, I mean, in our marriage, if it's in a dating relationship, our finances. Is that most people don't do anything that they're not made to. And what I have hope is that we're here today and nobody made us come today that we have a starting point that we're saying, God, I make a choice to be in the right place at the right time, to hear the word of God, to allow that word to begin to renew my mind. There's people that right now will not even put themselves in a place to be challenged like you were this morning. So the difference is not just hearing it, but what will you do with it? I'm not naive and think that in five weeks, maybe even tomorrow, you'll remember what I said. What did you preach on, John? I don't remember myself. But I knew, I know the principles that I'm working on in my life. That's what's, that's what's valuable right now. And making a comeback is deciding that, you know what, God? To get in your word, to begin to allow... You know, people say, are you religious? And kind of in our culture, the knee-jerk reaction is going, no, no, I'm not, I'm not very religious. But if you would redefine that in saying what they're trying to ask you, do you go to church? Do you, do you, are you spiritual or do you believe in it? It's kind of like saying, are, are you intelligent? Are you smart? Well, you better believe I'm smart. If I'm walking down the airport, you know, breezeway, and someone says, hey, stupid, I'm not going to look, what? You're talking Me? Me? Oh, I'm sorry, okay, I thought you talked about it. Don't respond. And as believers, as people that are plugged into the Word of God, we allow that Word to begin to change our thinking. So this morning, let's pray. And Father, today, each one of us are here because we want to be. God, we're here and we receive your Word into our life. It's not easy. But God, we want to get off of the cycle of continually doing the things that we know God are wrong, but we're telling ourselves it's okay. But we're allowing your word to renew our minds, restore us, God. That Father, that we might be filled up, that we might be able to share with other people the goodness of the word of God in our life to be able to change their life to give them hope in a future. God, we thank you for being a part of your family and making a comeback of success. In your name we pray. Amen.